0: Father, we pray that our hearts would be at the right place this morning to receive. Father, we thank you for the wind that's just blowing every confusion, Lord. We thank you for the wind of your Holy Spirit that comes and brings assurance right now. Oh, Father God, we just truly want to thank you, Lord. Just thank you, Jesus, that you're a good God. You are a good and awesome God. Awesome God, awesome God. Oh, we just want to truly bless you, Lord. Thank you. Just think of just a few things that come to mind this morning. As we sang that song, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. You can have all it, all this world, but give me Jesus, give me Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Father, we pray that you and. Un- Un, unclog or unplug our ears, Lord Father, and cause our hearts, we bring our hearts before you and we say, we are at the right place and it's right, Lord Father, for you to just sow your seed, sow your word. Just sow your word. He's just wanting to assure us this morning of his goodness, we're saying that, of his certainty. The Lord just wants to assure us this morning of His certainty, not anyone else's. Wherever you might find yourself this morning, He wants you to know, I am certain. I am that certain God that you can trust. I am that Lord that you can rely on. That you can rely on. He is a miracle-working God. Man, He is a miracle-working God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I know he's a miracle-working God because there's a miracle happening right now. There definitely is a miracle. It's a miracle for me. Because I'm still, I'm still able to be... You know, it's interesting we're talking about fracture, fractured church. Today is one of the most fractured Sundays for me. Keys not working up there. Mike, not working here my message <laughs> was somewhere else everything just all over the place and you know how wonderful it is that i don't feel fractured at all i don't feel you know here there in every way it's just the fact that god can just hold things together he can just pull things together and you know often in life it's like that right when you have things in place when you want to see things happening and suddenly this happens and that happens and you just can't control, you just can't contain things and and you wonder what do you do how do you then begin to navigate through all of this and and I I am so thankful to the Lord for his presence that's here there's an old song I want us to sing Um, for I'm building a kingdom of power do you remember that song? How many here remember that song? For I'm building a people of power and I'm building a people of praise that will move through this land by my spirit and will glorify my precious name. Build your church, Lord. Make us strong, Lord. Make us one, Lord. Through your Son, join our hearts, Lord. Kingdom of your Son. Okay, let's do that again. For I'm building a people of power, and I'm building a people of praise that will move through this land by my Spirit. And will glorify my precious name. Build your church, Lord. Make us strong, Lord. Join our hearts, Lord, through your Son. Make us one, Lord. Through your body in the kingdom of your Son. Build your church. Build your church, Lord. Make us one, Lord. Make us one, Lord, in your body, in your kingdom of your Son. Does that juggle your memory now? We used to sing this, you know, and yes. I used to love watching this uh, worship leader do this. Build your church, Lord, make us one, Lord, you know, like that. Oh gosh, just keeping time with that. What a what a wonderful. Used to be one of our favorites in the '80s. I remember we used to sing this. Correct, in the '80s. Do you? Oh gosh, how many of you do actually really remember this song? Oh, fantastic! That's good. So it does tell our age. Come on, Sam, don't you remember this? That's <laughs> okay, we are on part three of the efficacy of church life. And, and today I'm going to be touching on hindrance in unity. We're going to do a little bit of a... Uh, I've, I've got two chairs here this, this morning and I'm going to invite uh, Romeo to come up, but a little bit later... So I'm going to go through the message a bit and then I'll, I'll invite Romeo to come up. We're going to share a little bit about what happened over the last couple of weeks and, and just wanting to give God glory and wanting to be really authentic and transparent. I think a church, when a church works on transparency and authenticity, there is something amazing and powerful that really happens because God gets the glory. Hallelujah. But what also happens is this, that we begin to then relate and help to, to encourage individuals to journey through sometimes very difficult, uh, sometimes through what, what I would call rapids, and, and to journey through the wall. You know, often we come to places in, in the whole emotionally healthy spirituality journey, if you've done that with us, <clears throat> you realize that there's one chapter that says that, that you journey, you and I need to journey through the wall. Abraham journeyed through the wall when he was asked to sacrifice Isaac. He had to, so he took Isaac up in obedience, right? Imagine him telling, you've heard me say this I think, before, but imagine him telling his wife, Sarah, this is their only son. Sarah, by the way, I've got to take Isaac and I've got to sacrifice him. Uh, Would that be okay with you? Would that be okay with you? Can you you just pack some lunch for me? So that whilst I take Isaac up and sacrifice him, can you make sure that you make my favorite meal? I mean, would that discussion had gone on that way? I mean, imagine those of us who have kids and we are required to do that. So he had to journey through the world to come to a place of obedience because of what God was going to release and do through his life. And often God takes us through places where we need to face these walls in our life. And because we don't go through the walls in our lives, so often we don't come to those places of total victory, to those places of, of, of blessing that, that we read about. And then we wonder, why have we not fully experienced this in our lives? It takes courage, it takes guts, and it takes tremendous humility and a love and a desire to truly trust in God. Truly, truly trust in God. Last week I shared this verse and mentioned that this is a world-altering prayer. Do you remember what verse was that? It was John chapter 17, verse 20 to 23, right? If we can have that up on the screen. Can we pray this together, please? My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am with you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. And hear that again, that they may be, who's the they? It's you and I, the disciples, that they may be one as you and I are one. That means the Father and the Son are one. He is saying that as just like how we are one, let them also be one like us. He's not saying like someone else, but he's referring. There is the there is, there is sense of, of him actually giving you a picture of saying, this is whom you've got to copy. This is the person that you've got to copy. This is the person that you've got to follow. So become just like that. Just like you and me. right? He says that. I in them and you in me, so that they may be Brought to complete unity and he prays that prayer so that we will come to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So this is a pop quiz today. Do you think we are united? Do you think there is unity here in this church? There is unity here in this church. You feel there's unity here in this church? Okay. You heard my last two messages, right? The last two weeks? Okay. Maybe go back and re-listen to that. (laughs) Re-listen to my last two messages. I'm talking about unity the way he's speaking. Are we really one as Jesus and the Father are one? Are we one like that? No. I'm sure we are all working towards that. And that's what you want to hear. That's what you want to hear. Because that's what I want to hear. I want to hear that, that we are all working towards that. But the truth of the matter is, is that... Oh, Okay. Sorry, (laughs) Karen. We need to be in unity. (laughs) We need to be one, in sync. Hallelujah. (laughs) So just hold the thought. But then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So the father loves you and I the way he loves his son. That is the extent of his love for you. But here Jesus is praying this prayer. He's praying this amazing prayer for us. So meaning this can be done. This can happen. And it is for the purpose that the world will know that we are one. Hence why I'm asking about the context of unity. So when the world looks into this church, well they see that Jesus was sent by the Father. So hold those thoughts. So for Jesus to ask the Father to make us one, as he and the Father are one, is to ask that we be so joined to one another that we are all, or can be, of the same mind and judgment. Hence, I ask you the question, Are we united? Because it says that we are to be of the same mind and judgment. And thus, inseparable. So the question that I ask myself, and I think we all need to ask ourselves is this, is this too far-fetched? Have we come so far from that side of the pendulum that we don't know what this really is? You know, if I don't know how Kakadu looks like, you can tell me anything and everything, I will believe it. Right? Until I actually go and visit that. So in my mind, whatever you tell me about Kakadu would be amazing. Right? If you watch Jungle Cruise, you would realize that he was told... A a, a lie as such. The truth of what they would experience was not experienced until they got to that place. So likewise, we may have come so far onto the other side that we don't truly know what real unity is and what being of one mind and of one judgment is in Christ Jesus. Oh, is there some separate hidden meaning about in this verse? Maybe I'm not exegeting this verse correctly. So if you can indulge with me for a moment. Could it mean that Christians won't believe the things that are different from one another? That we won't say the things that contradict one another. Does it mean that? That we will all not be robots as such, having our own unique personalities, but be of the same mind regarding the things of the Spirit. That is, we will have the mind of Christ. The word of the Lord says that we will have the mind of Christ. So having the mind of Christ, what is having the mind of Christ? What does it mean for you and I to have the mind of Christ? So when we have the mind of Christ, do we need to be told what to do in his kingdom? Do we need to be told to give? Do we need to be told to love? Do we need to be told to pastorally care? Do we need to be told to go and reach out to someone that doesn't know the Lord? Do we need to be told not to watch porn? Do we need to be told all of that? Do we need to be told... Do you, Love your wife, love your, love your children, love your spouse, love your pastor. Maybe that you need to be told. So I'm telling you all of that now. Not just pastor, pastors. Hallelujah. So how does this biblical truth relate to the issue at hand, folks, which is the unity you're talking about? After all, we're mere humans, correct? That was what I was going to capitalize on today. We are mere humans and therefore incapable of acting in the same kind of unity as the eternal Godhead. So we should actually really now begin to rejoice. God, we are just mere humans. So how can we attain that oneness? We can't because we are just mere humans. After all, I'm only human. We, we say that. One day at a time, you remember the song? I'm only human. And some add, I'm just a Christian. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. Yeah, that's right. You can go ahead and sing it. Come on. <laughs> Tells of your age, too. Hallelujah. <laughs> Tells of our age. <laughs> so here's a particular defense that I want to maybe put to us this morning that I would like to offer with a sense of humility here. It's like, how dare you say that we can be like the eternal Godhead? How can? How can you afford to say that? So what I'm actually really saying is that John 17 gives us a glimpse into unity that is experienced by the Godhead, which is available to us because Jesus prayed this prayer. That is, we can be of the same mind in the things of the Spirit with the eternal Godhead. So imagine how powerful it is. He spoke and the worlds were created because they were of the same mind. So when we are of the same mind, imagine what we can all accomplish. I want to speak to us, not next week, but the week after about the Tower of Babel, Babel which means the Tower of Confusion and how unity could have achieved some amazing things. Stay tuned for that. right? And And, and, and we will look at the context of what Oneness can really achieve, and what God began to in one day—in one day—he formed seventy-two different languages. On that day, when He brought confusion, seventy-two different languages were born. On that one day, right? More to come. So, Jesus. Has prayed this prayer, that is, if we be of the same mind or things of the Spirit, I have given them glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them, and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1 to 4, is where we see Paul addresses the context of mere men and his notion of what it means, right? And it says in verse 3, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as, a spirit, as spiritual people, as to spiritual people, but, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. And why? I fed you with milk, not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. And he gives his reasons here. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, where there is strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am Paul, another, I am Apollos, are you not carnal? And here he's just talking about personality clashes. Imagine what else exists within the churches in this modern day. So when the Apostle Paul rebuked the Corinthian church for their carnality and their division, he used some really peculiar language here, right? Paul, in addressing them as mere mere men, mere men, was actually rebuking them for acting like ordinary humans. That's what it says in the original, or some... Translations Translate that as. So he was rebuking them. Hey, stop being just ordinary human beings. So some translations use the words acting in a human way. Don't act just like in a human way. Or being merely human. So imagine that. Paul is actually rebuking them for acting in a human or being mere men. So, if someone comes and tells you now that, hey, stop behaving just like a human being. Don't do that. How do you take that? So, why does, he, why does he say that? Because apparently, from Paul's mindset, from his belief system and from what he's teaching. He wrote 14 of the letters in the New Testament, right? So, he's teaching this. So, Paul believed that once we were born again, we are no longer mere humans as we are not supposed to act as if this is all we are. So once we are born again, we're not supposed to be acting just like that. This is not who we are. You've got to accept me for who I am. We keep hearing that. No, we should not be accepting you and I. You should not be accepting me for who I am, just who I am. I mean, love me for who I am. I think we should love people for who, but we shouldn't be accepting that. My wife tells me, I'm not going to accept that from you. And what's my response? So what? (laughs) I accept me. I'm just being honest here. You do tell me that, right? And I do reply like that as well, right? Until it sits. And it sits, and it festers, and it gnaws at you, and it annoys you to change. Right? So we are sons and daughters of God. We are children of the Most High God. We are joint heirs with Christ. So I have his inheritance. I've inherited things from from Jesus. Man, I've inherited his power. I've inherited his authority. I've inherited the way he can trust his father. So if I've inherited that, then I should be trusting my father. I should be trusting God to whatever. So if he sends you to Mars, for instance, if he says, go there, you're not going to ask Elon Musk to help you get there, but you're going to trust the Lord to make it work amen you're going to trust you're going to trust the Lord in other words our our faith and our trust shouldn't be in man per se but our faith can be in this in the sense that when God says go we go because we have inherited that sense of faith and trust we've inherited that so it's in us it's in your DNA and we're supposed to behave as if we actually know and believe that i'm supposed to be believing behaving like i believe that ask yourself do you behave and act like you believe that you are a joint heir of christ that's being one church if we all function like that that's what it means to be united in spirit in mind and in judgment So Paul and John, now, sorry, John says this actually, the Apostle John, he says this, Beloved, now, in fact, he says, you know, Pauline's teaching, me." meaning the Apostle Paul's teaching here is not far-fetched because he says this, he agrees, he says, Beloved, now, are the children of God, are the children of God, and it does not appear what we shall be. Now, are we not the children of God? Sorry. And now, beloved, are we not the children of God? He says that. Right? Peter expounds on that a little bit more in 2 Peter 1, 3 to 4, and it says, "...as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises." So he's given to you and I exceeding um, great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. This is what he's given us, right? So I'm not implying here that we have reached some sort of sinless perfection, folks. That's not what I'm saying at all, right? And that we are gods per se. What is being said here is that we are, we are not to be acting like mere men because that is not what we are. After coming into a relationship with Christ, that's not who we are. I cannot behave like a single man if I'm married to my wife and go chasing after some other person. I cannot act like that. I cannot go on dates except with Malcolm or Brian. <laughs> or any, anyone else here? Men. Men. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can't take a, 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 a woman out except if it's my sister Yvonne. I can Without any hesitation at all. I don't even need my brother-in-law's permission for that. I can take her, right? I mean, I'm just kind of... This is kind of tongue-in-cheek here, but you know, the seriousness is this, that you've got affairs all happening everywhere else. Right? So, in a sense that we are not like that now. So, if we're not like that, what are we? And that's what we've got to rejoice, church. That's what we've got to think. So, all of that mindset needs to then begin to move or begin to translate into every facet of our lives into how we deal with offenses within the house of God in why we get offended in the house of God in why we offend unconsciously we don't go on purpose to go and offend someone God forbid that doesn't happen But unconsciously, so many of that happens. So much of that happens. So when believers strive with other believers and churches implode and have church splits or divide from other churches, we are then acting like we once were. Let me say that again. When things implode and when we are divisive in the house of God. How many of us know of churches that just implode and just going to start another offshoot here, start another offshoot somewhere else? And hence Paul is saying, it's not about you being of Apollos or Paul or Cephas. So it would be extremely tempting for us to think that Jesus his prayer perhaps meant something other than that. And it's seemingly too far fetched. So the literal interpretation is laid by the wayside. I can't. It is it is too hard. So I'm going to invite my brother Romeo to come up. Romeo, will you please join me up here, my friend? you. How are you today? Not good. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, brother. (laughs) Uh, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to us. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah, my friend. Okay, what what we're going to share with in the next few minutes and and this will we will close with this right i i uh, i also want to just throw this in by means of an advertisement that not next week but the week after i will i will i'll i'll do a history lesson on just how denominations came into being just the major denominations how and how offshoot from each denomination as well and I think it's so good for us to have that as we begin to delve into this into this prayer and I I really sincerely hope you're getting much out of this and there are times when I feel like today I all I want to is just I just want to press a truth in it's it's like a it's like an olive press I just feel that today, that we just need to press this truth, and it needs to really because once when we capture this truth of our oneness with, with, with the eternal Godhead, and that He's prayed this prayer, there is incredible power that can flow through you and I, folks, that the church will really, really be a formidable power in society, in this city. Amen. Now, in, in church life, there are often, you know, things that happen in church. And, and what happens through, through our journey in church, whether it's here, whether it's in another church or elsewhere, is this we, we collect. We collect it and we keep it. We don't necessarily deal with things because we don't know how to deal with it. Because like this verse, we feel that settling issues sometimes are a bit far-fetched. That we don't need to. It is, it is, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay not to. Right? And so two weeks ago, Romeo... And uh, Rachel, yes, came to see me after church. Many of you may not know. There's some of you do, but many of you probably may not know. So I've got their their permission. Hallelujah. I have their permission. So they came and they said, Pastor Larry, we feel that our time here has come to an end and we're transitioning out. We need to leave. And my face wasn't like this. It was like I was like I was like shocked. I was thinking, Oh gosh, what happened now? And you know and, and and all of that and so I'm trying to figure out and they are sharing and people are leaving and and then I invited Krista and Shami and Kevin and they all like suddenly it was like left field. But we knew. Deep down inside we just we just felt there were certain things that that probably weren't settled. There were certain things that he may have experienced here, she may have experienced here that may be unbeknownst to us. And they're hurting deep within. Because these guys, they love the Lord. And they love us. Right? They love the Lord. They love us. And they love people. So when something like that happens, what do you do? You do what my wife says. We're going to fight for you. We will fight for you. Right? So to us we know what it's not Kung Fu, it's not any of that, it's really fighting in the spirit about what's happening. Because it was a Sunday when I first started about one body in unity. And bam, after church, there's a a case in point that happens. Interesting, isn't it? And that was that Sunday where I said that I had a different message planned. At at 2.30 in the morning, I felt the Lord say, speak on the fractured church. And I sit on my chair in my study at 2:30 in the morning. I look at my bookcase and I see a book, "Fractured Church," that I've never ever read. So I begin to eat it up, and just read through as much as I can, and prep that message, and came there and shared, and then this happened. So I'm going to ask. So, I, so I've, I'm going to ask Romeo a bunch of questions here. And. And I want us to know this: that just because you know you decide to leave, and by the way, they're not leaving. <laughs> you know that that song ain't gonna be sung. All my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. Right? I don't know whether you know that. Maybe it doesn't tell your age. Again. It tells my age. Right? I want a jet plane. Right? That ain't happening. Praise God. Praise God. But we will share with you a little bit. And this is a testimony. What these guys have done and how we processed it is a testimony of love, honor, respect, humility. And that's what, when you see them and when you see us, I want you to recognize that. It's courage. It's courageous conversations. That's what this is. And you know why we're doing this today? I think Romeo will share with you. So, Souzas or Romeo. A couple of weeks ago, you shared with me after service your decision to leave church. As you recall, that took me, Chris, Kevin, Shami, all by surprise. What did you think was going to happen after you shared the news? Now, before you answer that and before I give you some options to choose from. (laughs) Now, also, I just wanted to say, which I didn't, um, my apologies, I didn't finish saying that was, you know, just because you feel, you might be thinking that, oh gosh, I better not come and tell Pastor Larry that we're leaving, because he'll pull me up and sit down here and interview me in front of everyone. (laughs) No, that ain't going to happen. That ain't going to, in all my 18 years, I've never done something like this. But I'm doing this because this couple have displayed to me humility and love that is outstanding, that needs to be shouted on the mountaintop. So I have incredible respect for these two and I want the enemy to know that we are identifying your work of divisiveness in this house and it it ain't gonna last we're not gonna let that happen and we want you to join that bandwagon to not allow that to happen in your marriage with your kids in your workplace. And here. So, what did you think Romeo was going to happen after you shared the news? A. Larry's, which is my response. Yay, Romeo and Rachel, I am so happy for the both of you. <laughs> B. Great that God is leading you out. C. C. We hug and say goodbye and part with a holy kiss but with our masks on. <laughs> if if you D, if you leave, we're not friends anymore. E, we thank you both for your time here with us and bless you in your next season. And F none of the above. So which one you're going to choose?
1: None, <laughs> None of the above. <laughs> no, no, please use the mic. <laughs> okay. None of the above. Okay. So yeah. tell
0: tell me. Maybe give him a little bit more volume, please. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. do you want to do you want to share with us probably what were your what what did you think was going to happen after that? What uh, was going to be our reaction like?
1: Uh, <laughs> pretty much what you said in the first. It was. Yeah, a bit baffled in a way. Like, they didn't take it like a... They did it by surprise, frankly speaking. It was a surprise. And for us, we knew that was going to happen. But, um, yeah, it was not something that we expected the amount was going to be, um, yeah. How
0: it affected us. Yes. I don't want to go into this. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And, and you probably, <laughs> would it be safe to say you didn't think it through properly?
1: No. Okay. No. Because at that time it was just us focusing. Okay. Time. Okay. <laughs>
0: and you know generally that's what it is isn't it? When you're going through a confusing confusion uh, confusing conf- oh gosh. When you're going through a confusing time, a painful time, what is in the front of you is what matters most. And that's just normal. That's mere men being mere humans Paul says something else altogether right so what we're demonstrating here is now how do we then now begin to actually journey to this place that God desires for us to be at this is this this is the place that we are all in but he expects us to go up to this place This is the order that he's called us to. So how do we get there is what is really vital and important. We then shared with you that this is not the way to leave. As a family, it's helpful to process it together, and in particular, if there is a fence, let's apply the Matthew 18 principle and work it through and not just try to take the often desired approach and walk away by hoping, by really hoping. We, we all genuinely hope that it's God's way. That God will be okay with that. So, how did that feedback about us telling you, this is not the way, apply the Matthew 18 principle. How did that feedback sit with you?
1: Um, I think we, we decided that um, we will pause for this and we will revisit you guys again and go for a second round conversation. (laughs) 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 Um, And um, yeah, I think um, I um, there was a spot on over there about the confusion. It was a spirit of confusion. Um, And uh, we could only see ourselves. And um, God was speaking to me during that time before I could meet them was be honest, and speak boldly. Mm. He didn't give me what's going to happen next. <laughs> but that's, be that's honest. It and so, uh, it, that thought that with me is like plain blunt. If I'm going to leave, I don't care. I'm going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> cut, a, cut throat. That's, that's simple. That's, so that's I, true, isn't it? <laughs> I just went for it. Um, yeah. And I think we met. And yeah. we, we yes. talked. We talked.
0: Yes, so... Then we, we, got an, we got an SMS suggesting that um, they'd like to meet. So we met. So Christian and I met on Saturday. We met on Saturday and unpacked your decision. We spent a few hours sharing honestly and going deeper. How was that experience for you?
1: I think uh, um, when God spoke to me, be honest, and I, and I think we poured our hearts from both the parties, mm-hmm. I think. And I could see the love and affection they had for have for us, not had, have. Um, and we could see they were really fighting, <laughs> not with us, but with the enemy. We could, I could sense it um, deep within me. They were really fighting. And when I spoke boldly, I think when Krista shared, that is a lot of courage, Romeo you said. Mm. That took a lot of courage mm. Mm. and I can tell you when that happened and when my wife gave a opportunity you need to speak something and I spoke. I think when I got home and I was re- reflecting, something took place. A shift took place and something of my past came out in the open mm. and that was something that I never knew. It was something that God had to bring it out in the open unless and until I didn't step out in in that place of um, being courageous enough to talk. And that confusion just broke. And um, God showed me this is what is happening, Romeo. And that was, I'm talking 30, 40 years ago. 30 years ago kind of memory came out. And uh, that was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we met again. I said, I need to meet with Pastor Leroy now, just one-on-one. Mano, mano, kind of situation. Mano, <laughs> man to man. man. <laughs> so I, I, fixed a date with him, as he says. I had a date with him at uh, McDonald's. Am I right? Which no, we do no, quite often. Not we, once. We We, did, we do we, date each other. We we, we, we met. We met in the
0: park. Yes, yes. We sat down. Yes. That uh, was
1: not nice because no. you don't like visiting flowers at yeah, all. The, no That's picnic, it. drugs, <laughs> no nothing. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep.
0: Then we we went to McDonald's. Correct. And, and then Romeo shared, you know, this aspect that was really okay. deep within him. And he told me, you know, I want to share this confidentially with you. I've never shared this with anyone. And so I could really see... You know, when you see, uh, it's it's like this. I, I think the example I may have given was this this ball of, you know, when you're knitting something, you know about that ball of wool or yarn, you know, you call that. And then as you knit, you you knit something awesomely beautiful, but you've got to just take time, so that you, you you could just I could just see in his in his countenance. And so I asked him. I said, Romeo. Will it be okay for you, Uh, I want to ask you this, can I, can I, and I'm saying, can I, and he says, yeah, Pastor, yes, we will do it. So I said, do you know what I'm going to ask you? He says, yes, you want me to come up and tell, share with everyone. (laughs) I said, not quite like that. I will interview you because I don't think details are necessary. The process and the principle is what that matters. Right? Matthew 18 says that when there are issues that you have with anyone for that matter, you ought to go to that person. Right. So things that were picked up. And though, you know, over time that he's, he spent time with me, I've shared, okay, now deal like this with, so it's, or this or that, you know, if that's confused. But so often you think it has happened, but it actually hasn't because there's a grid of the past, a root that has not been... Uprooted, And believe me, that is a very difficult thing to do. Guilt, shame, all of that is very difficult to uproot. But when it happens, there's something powerful. So I asked him, I said, Romeo, can you sleep? Now I sent him a text. Pastor I'm sleeping like a baby. Something really clicked. Something happened. And you know, to me, what I feel... Has achieved, we've achieved is this sense of, of, of oneness, right? Romeo and Malcolm join me, you know, on Wednesdays. We come here at 5.30 in the morning and we pray. We haven't done it through the lockdown. But these are two guys that I invite to pray with me. Right, so, but even in and through all of that, you can still see how the enemy really works in our lives. If you examine your life right now, if you do a scan in your life, ask yourself the people who offended you and you've just kept the offense and you've opened a room and you've just pushed it into that room. Some can't even look at one another in the eye because you're still carrying that. And we all know that. We can sense that. But we just try to be nice and we play nice. And John 17 says, you and I got to work on things. Does it always require you to go to that person and, 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 or, or go to someone, go, go to like a mentor? And Does it always require that? I, I don't think so. I think some things you can just deal with God. Sometimes some things the person doesn't even need to know that you are having those issues. You just deal honestly with the Lord. But the point is, is that we cannot be, be carrying this. You should not be carrying this because whatever that you carry is bringing division in your, in your own life and in someone else's life now. Offense, as John Bevere puts it, is the bait of Satan. Right? I don't know whether you've read that book, but it's a good book to read. Offense according to Matthew chapter 24, verse 10, if I can read that. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Now, the word many in Greek means majority. So, majority of the people will, when they are offended, will betray. So when someone is offended, over time, that person will betray. And if a betrayal does not end correctly, it will end with hatred. So wherever you've left to come here, you've left particular churches to come here, have you sought things out? Is there a fence in that house that you have now just brought into this place? And you've opened the luggage and it's come out in various different forms but note an offense leads to a betrayal a betrayal will lead to a hatred and you know what it says in proverbs 18 19 it says this why do you think is this are you are you are you sure this gonna will happen like this yes it says here a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city and contentions are like the bars of a castle right so when Solomon wrote that, the cities were protected by walls to keep the enemies out and the inhabitants in, correct, during those times. So that's what offense would do. It keeps people out. When you're offended, what does it do? It keeps people out. Right? It would keep, it would keep people out. W- would I be correct? I agree. Mm. <laughs> and for me, I know it keeps people out. Because as a pastor, it's easy for me to get offended. And so many times you unconsciously even offend people. I don't think anyone here steps out. Not to say I don't think, I know, no one here sets out to offend anyone. But truth be told, in the house of God, that is happening. So we must sort this out. We must settle it. Right? And offense continues. Sorry. Uh, Let me say this one last. I mean, just a couple more things. I want to say this. And Romeo, I just want to give you, you know, just a minute or so. there's anything else that you want to say, so you can gather your thoughts and and just share. And we'll we'll end with that. Next week. I don't want to do it this week. But next week is communion week. I want you to come with this in mind, that as we partake of this one body, that God's going to bring a very deep healing in this house. So let's take this week and pause and reflect and allow His Spirit. You may be offended with your employer because your employer actually told you particular aspects Maybe your KPIs you know you needed to and you you, you weren't really performing and you just you you, you decide no I, I, I don't like this employer, so you go to another manager, you go to someone else, you go to someone else rather than stop and deal with the issue in your own life what 's happening is we just move from one to another to another to another right and here an offense continues uh, sorry in. In the Old Testament, the word cities or walls are used because the cities were walls, right? The city is within and then you've got walls around. In the New Testament, the word stronghold is used. So what are strongholds? So they are this church. They are patterns, reasonings embedded deep within us that are contrary to the Word of God. Certain patterns that are embedded inside of us that sit contrary, totally contrary to the word of God. So an offense continues to set in. You then distance yourself from relationships that matter to you and later betrayal sets in, which gives way to hatred. And the Greek word for hatred is this. It means love less. That when I hate someone or when there's hatred, in, it's, it's that you love less. So what happens in the church we begin to love less instead of loving more we are actually loving less and john 3 john 13 verse 34 to 35 it says this a new commandment i give to you that you love one another as i have loved you that you also love one another and hear this this is the clincher by this all will know or the world will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Why do you think he can pray such a bold prayer? And and my final verse is this, that Paul agrees with John 17, because he says that in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10 to 13. And this is what he says. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that, there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. We thought we are in agreement. But as I began to hear Romeo and Rachel, I began to understand so much more. And as he began to hear me share things, okay, how do you work through this? How do you deal with, how, you know, this is what it actually really means or this is what it actually is or this is what it could actually be then you know that toing and froing that mutual respect the sense of sitting down and just talking to one another not wanting to prove the other person wrong or right but respecting honoring loving listening right and often yeah. I I heard this once said. Someone told told me this mention this. A a visitor shared this with one of our church members and said this in your church you got a, you got a lot of very strongly opinionated people mention about us. So I said, Oh that's interesting. So I get to lead, I have the honor and the privilege to lead strongly opinionated people. And so I just said this out loud, as I said, and I'm really not even strongly opinionated. And suddenly I heard like a bah, they were all laughing, including my wife and her. Both of them laughing at me and I'm thinking, why? I'm not that strongly opinionated, right? And they said, oh yeah, sure you are not. You know, the sense of disbelief, right? Because... That's how we often think. We're not that. You know, but others see that and they then begin to recognize particular aspects. But even no matter how strongly opinionated we can, we are, there is a process that God gave us because being strongly opinionated is not wrong when it comes from a a point of having a strong conviction. When we have a strong conviction in the Word of God, That's that's really important. So here, my brothers and sisters say, some from Chloe's household have, have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? So is this not the same prayer? That Jesus prayed perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So Romeo, in and through all of all, all of what has happened, what's, what's, your, what's yours and I believe Rachel's takeaway? You know? How are you feeling at
1: this at this point in time? Um, I'm feeling quite settled in a way that um, we are in a place that we can have honest conversation. And, um, and this is for everyone. Please don't hold yourself back. If you need to have an honest conversation, and that including Pastor Larry and Krista, you should, gui- you don't hold yourself back. Um, they're not having any kind of a wall that they don't wanna listen. They do wanna listen. And that's got to do with every one of us. Let's sit and talk. Enemy is working. To get in and the division is happening which we sensed and uh, it is quite strong but I think we serve great God who brings unity as what pastor is saying he brings unity and when comes unity there's gonna be a breakthrough <laughs> and there's gonna be a breakthrough a shift in the mm-hmm. spiritual realm which you no one will know and, and I believe there's gonna revival gonna happen and this division is just drawing us off the course, yeah. but revival is going to take place, whether you guys want to believe it or not. It's going to take place. <laughs> it's simple as that. Because we have to be united as brothers and sisters, and which they showed. That was a sheer example for us, as Rachel and myself. When I said, "I think these guys are greatly misunderstood," and he has not mounted this verse. This is my own personal experience. Greatly misunderstood. We should sit and talk place. I encourage everyone, if you have any misunderstanding, sit and talk. This will be sorted out really soon. And it's like you're sitting in a smoke room, like in a, in a room and the, the fog just disappears. It just, gone. It just was gone. And um, thanks to Brian for help. You're, you helped me through that process. It was really helpful. Thank you.
0: Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't that isn't that amazing? John 17, it says that God also be glorified through this. Hallelujah. God is glorified, friends. And, and we must be this passionate about not giving an ounce and an inch to the enemy. So if you're visiting us here, and if you've been coming here for a few weeks, and if you've had some angst about the church that you've come from because of the, uh, the way they've dealt with the pandemic or or if you're not visiting us, or if you're not coming back to this church because you don't quite like the way we have handled the pandemic, then as much as I want to say it's an issue that you need to deal with God, I want to ask you to do this, that that you either come and speak to me or one of our pastors or one of our elders. Because whatever decision that we have made, we have made together as an eldership. There are some things that we all don't agree with, and and we work through that. We talk through it. We have some robust conversations. This is a very, very difficult place that we are in. Churches are in a very difficult place. Next week, I'm going to be speaking... And, and, and I want to preface this now itself because I'm, I'm speaking at our uh, Minister's Fellowship International Annual Conference. But because we can't travel to, to Queensland, so I've got to record the message. And our theme is Forward Together. And I didn't realise that because I, I was only recently given, uh, given the topic and it's along the lines of what we, what I'm, what I'm already teaching here about being one body, about unity. But next week I'm going to be addressing the ministers. I'm going to be talking to pastors. So as I'm speaking, a lot of what I'm sharing is going to be addressed to pastors. I don't want you to not come. The reason, the reason we're doing it live here is so that you know it's so much easier to preach to a live audience, live congregation. Our worship will also be recorded. And it will be it will be played at the conference. And if you actually want to attend the conference, it's free. It's all via Zoom. You know there are four speakers: um, Bob McGregor from the States, uh, John Johnny Scroggins, who's the chairman of our, um, of MFI. Then it's myself and and another and um, and another speaker, Ray Acosta, who's a, who's an evangelist. Join us. It's just over two nights. It's from 7 to 9 via Zoom. You know, I'll, I'll probably send that out, you know, and for those of you who can, by all means, please do. But the reason I'm sharing that is there are things that I'll be, sh- I'll be speaking and I'll be sharing that you probably may not hear what ministers go through. And as I share that, I'll, I would really appreciate you taking note of that and understanding, understanding what ministers go through, and how lonely it's on the top. They say, in leadership, it's always lonely at the top, right? And I try, in my leadership here, I try to be as transparent as I can, as authentic as I can. To sometimes, (laughs) my wife has told me, I shudder what you're going to say. I don't know what's going to come out of your mouth, you know, in that sense. But I thank God we're still married. (laughs) Praise God. And, you know, and you grow and you learn and you, you, you understand, you know, the ways of the Lord. And the one question that through all of this that we need to keep asking is, do I really believe in the Word of God or I don't? So if the Word of God says this, in the context of of unity, where are we really in the spectrum? Now I ask you the same question. Are we, and I don't want an answer, are we united as a church? From all of what I've shared now, look at it through that. And if you've left your church in whatever way that you've left, go back and make it good, make it right. Write a letter if you need to, write an email, apologize. Guys, it's not easy being in ministry. It's not easy being a pastor and leading a church. It's the hardest, one of the hardest vocations. Because whatever you do can be misunderstood. People hold you in, in like put you up on a pedestal. The minute you make one mistake, how dare he say that? So we always have to make sure that we're being nice to everyone. And we don't always get it right. And as Christians, you know how difficult it is for you to work in the environments that you work. You are under that pressure too. It's not just us. You are under immense pressure. To carry that light. And so what happens? You put it under a bushel at times. Or we do that. But that is to ignore what this press is praying for you and I, it is to then actually, that prayer cannot be answered unless we become one. It hinges on that, that the world will know that the Father has sent me. Only if we are this, only if we take time and process things like this. Right? So I want to thank Rachel and Romeo. I want to thank, thank them for, for their humility, for their courage, for their love for this house for the way they reach out to people and embrace people, right? I want to thank him for his loudness. Today I was so happy. Suddenly I could hear someone. I mean, not that I can't hear you all, but this, this voice, I, and it was only coming from the left side because my right side, Kevin, is not here today. Normally I have stereo, Kevin and Romeo, right? So, but today it's just the left hand. Today it's just mono. but. You know, when that happens, it just feels, wow, it's so good. It's so good, Lord. So don't stay away, folks. If you're following us online, don't stay away. Come back to church. Come back to church. Come back to church. You know, come back to church. I just want to say this. Lastly, let me end with this. 30% of our air intake, air from here, is fresh air. 30%. So we have, if you're concerned about, you know, oh, I don't know whether the stuffy air. No, our... Air conditioning system brings in 30% fresh air. Okay, so it's like a. We don't have a HAPA filter. Coles also doesn't have a HAPA filter, by the way. I was just told that. Right? So if you go to Coles and you can stay there for a few hours and shop, then you can come to church. Okay? So you can come to church. All of you who are here, you guys. You've come, but all of you who are watching, you can come to church because imagine, just imagine, this is Colston. Thank you, Romeo. Right? Can I invite you to stand with me? We're not going to sing. I'm going to end like this today because I want us to reflect. I want us to pray that our Father one more time. That's a prayer of unity. You know, when we say our Father means he's my Father, he's Gary, he's your Father. And both of us have the same Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Both of us, we all have the same Father. So can we pray this prayer? The, the Our Father, I want that version that was, that was put up. Um, so let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever, and ever Amen. 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 Hallelujah. In the spirit, begin to hold hands. But if you're with your spouse, hold their hands. And if you get the permission from someone, and if, if they are happy to, touch your elbows. However, you want to link. I just need to be politically correct here. And let us sing the song, Let Us Be One Voice That Glorifies Your Name. Let Us Be One Voice Declaring That You Reign. Let Us Be One Voice With Love and Harmony. And we pray, O oh God, Grant Us Unity. Let Us Be One. Let Us Be One Voice that glorifies your name. Let us be one voice, declaring that you reign. Let us be one voice, in love and harmony. And we pray, O God, grant us unity. Father, we thank you, Lord. and We pray for your blessing over the word We pray for your blessing that this week, as we unpack this even in our own lives, Lord, we pray for the grace that we need to go and to make good with those that we may need to, Lord. Or that we need to come to you in honesty and come before you. And just pour out our hearts because this week is going to be a week of healing. God's going to heal you. Rejoice at the fact that He's going to heal you deep within and He's going to release something so awesome and so powerful in your lives. And yes, I agree with Romeo that revival is going to happen. Revival will happen. Revival will happen. Revival will happen. Revival will happen. You know? And you know, folks, as you think of that, you know, revival happens, but it always then centers on that one man or one woman or whatever it is. And then when it wanes off, it doesn't seem to continue. Why? Because the church hasn't come to that place of unity. So we need a revival that would not wane and not, not, not rest on one or two people. But it will rest on the church. It will rest on the church. On the church of God. Hallelujah. Lord, let that be the case. And yes. We bless you and we receive that in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you that your face will continue to shine upon us. And that as we leave this place, Lord, we leave this place with, with a great sense of rejoicing, oh God. And we bless you. Bless Romeo and Rachel and Miri and this family and the and the little bub to come, Lord Father. Strengthen them and watch over them and continue to grace them, Lord, with your favor and, and, and your anointing, Lord, even as they as they lead their connect group, Lord. Uh, restore that, Lord, Father. Reinstate their leadership there, Father. Cause that group to flourish in Jesus' name, oh God, Father, because now you're doing a cleansing work there, Lord. Father, you're doing a work of unity there, Lord, as you are in, in all of our lives. We bless you again and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys again. Thank you for your patience.